how you doing for how you doing for energy this week? I'm good. Yeah, everything's good. I've pl- I've pressed record, so this is cold intro now. So don't ask you personal questions. <laughs> about you. you can ask me personal questions. What do you want to know? How's that? Ra- how's that rash cleared up? It hasn't. It's spread to both testicles and my oh, and what? the gooch and all the children. No, the children don't have it. Just the oh, pets. Okay. It's just the pets. It's just both dogs. Pets, yeah. Um, um, you have two dogs. Yeah. I knew you had Rusty. Yeah. What's the other dog? We've got we've got Luna. That's a cat's name. Uh, well, she's a black, a small black dog, so it fits. Oh, it's like a like a cat, really. <laughs> no, she's more fucking annoying than a cat. Don't want any cats. Uh we had a cat. We had a cat for a while, but uh, the cat and George did not get on very well. Oh yeah. Um, so the cat ended up going to my grandma's house, where it's living an absolute life of luxury. Yeah, I mean to be fair, when I was born, my mum had a couple of cats, and one they were getting under her feet all the time, literally getting under the feet when she was uh, mm. pregnant, and she kept feeling that she was going to trip over and, and like fall on me. Um, and then when I was born, they were just like, fucking, what What were we thinking of having cats? Fuck these cats off. And they went to my dad's mum's house, and that's where they lived out the rest of the days, and they probably forgot that they ever even lived out. Yeah, yeah. it's a stress-free life, not having a child running around pulling your tail. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, anyway, well, welcome to the Serious James Show. One of them, one of them didn't have a tail, actually. What? Why? One of them didn't have a tail. Why? Um, I think he lost it in a bet or... <laughs> I'm gonna put the fucking. I'm gonna put the fucking tail on red. Put the fucking tail on red. Yeah. Uh, no, he fell down the back of the washing machine and it got cut off. Oh, that is a grim way to lose your tail. <laughs> he was a cool cat, though. He used to uh, follow my granddad. All right, Carol Baskin. Obviously... What's that? You said cool cat. I said all right, Carol Baskin. Oh yeah, yeah. dude, that is. It's crazy how big that was and how little of it I remember. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and how little anyone thinks about it anymore, considering it, like how ubiquitous it was. Uh, but yeah, it, the cat used to um, go and meet my granddad after, you know, he would like go playing poker or whatever down the pub and it would go and uh, it'd jump on the um, milk float as it went past the house, ride it to the pub, jump off and then walk back with him from the pub. So he could, he could have seriously lost it in a in a bet. Well, yeah, I think that he was just trying to. Uh, he was he didn't want to relapse, but it was like exposure therapy. Like if I can smell the chips, smell the <laughs> yeah. poker chips. Yeah. Um, this has been the longest unintro we've ever done. Yeah, I forget. I forget because we've not done one for a little while. When was the last time we did one? Uh, it was about a week ago, but we've done. Oh, okay. We've done yours since, which was a blast. Yeah, well, time's relative for me. So if I did a lot that week, then it feels like a month. It's weird that you say that time's relative because I've just recently finished watching Interstellar again. Oh, geez. That's really weird that you say that because obviously the whole... Simulation confirmed, isn't it? 
the second act of well the second and third act uh, is all about the the relativity of time isn't it but yeah i forget that you like to do your uh, like you literally like to press record and then that is the actual start of the episode i press record and we chat for like 10 minutes before we even drop in on the episode and then you like to like we've already started talking and then you address the audience like it's a different sort of like this than I'm used to. hello audience it's the serious james show with me and peter as you can tell from his lovely baritone voice uh to we're recording on the 4th of august 2020 uh not sure if that's relevant for anyone um just in case anything cultural comes up that's the date that we're recording on um dude did you see what happened today yeah beirut yeah fuck man what was that there's this whole thing of uh like because i'm like on twitter the whole like twitter feels like it's a fucking nuclear bomb it's a fucking nuclear bomb dude if that's a nuclear (laughs) bomb it's the wackest nuclear bomb i've ever seen yeah the in like 10 people died (laughs) but also if that was a real nuclear bomb you wouldn't be able to video it like it would have no, wiped no. out all the electronics and those people would be dead. Like if you yeah, want to that say that is the a, most netto nuclear bomb I've ever seen. If you if want to say a that's a nuclear bomb. bomb, let's go to the town of Hiroshima and show you what a real nuclear Although, bomb. I mean, we're we're saying this now because it seems so obvious, except we maybe we don't know shit about science and maybe the types of bombs we're thinking of is just one type of nuclear bomb and maybe this could have been one. Although it didn't look like a missile detonated it looked like a building exploded like a factory or something yeah it was yeah well the the guy who's the the guy who's in charge of the general security of um what what country is it libya is it libya beirut i'm showing my fucking lebanon lebanon Lebanon. um he says it was uh uh, like I, i think the thing is like it was a firework factory down by the port which it seems like a real shady excuse, doesn't it? Like, oh, yeah, don't, like don't worry. It was, it was just a training fi- exercise. <laughs> it was just some fireworks. Let me pull the men in black lasers out <laughs> and fry our brains. Oh, quick look over there. Yeah, it's mad though. That, like, isn't it weird? Like, we get to see that sort of happen in, like, almost in real time now. Whereas, like, yeah. 50 years ago, we wouldn't have known about that for like a couple of days. That's true, yeah. But yeah, that's a big. Big talking point of the day. Anyway, how are you? How's how's things going? Uh, I'm okay, man. How are you doing? Since we met uh, almost a week ago to record your podcast. Um, yeah, that comes out um, this weekend. So anyone who's interested in the payoff of the bet that we made on this podcast... Uh, <laughs> you'll get to see the outcome of the bet on your podcast. I'm not going to say it on here. I'm going to build the suspense. That's nice of you to drive people over there. <laughs> so um, I, I would say that the real prize for your listeners is getting to look on you with their eyes in the flesh. <laughs> I don't think anyone, there's no demand for that. Zero demand. Well, we'll see if I get above average views and I'd, and I mean average for a, for a podcast with you on it, not for one of my podcasts in general. Yeah. Because I think the two times you've been on, maybe the le- the two least viewed episodes. <laughs> I don't know why. It's uh, it's nothing I take. What personally. is that? I don't cry myself to sleep at night about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't sound like you do. <laughs> oh, 
Dude, Why does but, nobody love me? Dude, let's fathom. Let's fathom of the reason for that. I, I maybe, really can't. Maybe, maybe there's just no interest to, in people to hear from from me. Yeah, but I mean, there's definitely people that I've had on there where they're not present on socials. Like it's literally not someone of note necessarily, <laughs> and they t- tend to get like even more views than yours typically get my my theory is that it's something to do with your name is putting people off yeah because they don't know who i am well not well that would stand to reason for anyone whose name they didn't recognize i think it's something about your name they go oh that doesn't sound like someone i would do you know what i mean yeah 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 like maybe because it's double barreled it's like oh who's this guy with his double barrel <laughs> this pants <laughs> the double barrel yeah, i don't know Maybe we should go serious, James, on the next episode. Maybe, yeah, try it on the on Sunday when you drop it. But see, you we discussed this on your very first appearance. I said, "What's it going to be, man? Is it going to be JB, Serious James, Jamie Fort?" And I, I, I think I coaxed you into getting Jamie Fortner Curry to be your name. Yeah, I, I'm happy with just JB. It's what it's what people call me, isn't it? Like it's just what I'm I'm used to. I can't believe that's so stuck a... for the, this this many years as well. JB, yeah, shocking as well considering how many JBs I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, like, every time I'm like, oh, I'm seeing JB at the weekend, and they're like James Birchall. I'm like, no, no, and they're like, oh, Jake Breeze. I'm like, no, 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 no. And they're like Jess Birchall. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. Fourth on the pecking order. I'll take it. Yeah, I know a lot of Jays: Josh Morris, Jordan Kelly, Johnny Yule. They're all it's a, there. It's a strong name. So strong initial. Power. J to the B, da rapping MC. Yeah. Well, you, you're about to ask me a question. What was your question? Um, I may have just been asking how you've been, what you've been up to. Oh, you know what I was going to ask? Um, well, I am also interested in the answer to that, but um, whether or not uh, I'd like to get updates from you on, you know, how the show's doing. Yeah, you good. Did do some episodes in between us and stuff. No, we did. The last one that we did was uh, uh, the, the last pod that we did was yours. So um, okay. I've had a, I've had a couple of people reach out, a couple of uh, colleagues, uh, ex colleagues from British Guys, Billy Lane and uh, Alex Ullman, uh, reach out and tell me that they've been listening to a few of the episodes and to say that they've been enjoying it. So shout out to those lads! Thank you for listening and for taking the time to tell me that you're listening it's a, a massively appreciated that people are sort of getting on board with this pet project of mine um uh, yeah uh, yeah 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 it's uh, it's sort of weird that people would want to listen to be honest but i guess that speaks to the the fun time that we have on here that we just shoot yeah the or it's in spite of the fun time that we've been having. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe they, uh, yeah, they could be using it as to sort of go, well, at least my life's not like this. Fucking hell. <laughs> could be worse. Yeah. I wouldn't discount, and this is something to think about for my own podcasts, especially considering the sort of, I've had, you know, 40 odd guests or something on there. Um, brag. I always think. Humble brag. Some of the. A lot of, is that a brag that I've had a lot of guests? I've, I know forty people. Humble brag. You could easily just ask loads of people <laughs> to go on your shit. Um, but yeah, I think I, I don't discount the uh, the possibility that 
some significant fraction of my total views can be attributed to people hate watching the episodes. Maybe, but I mean, pre- uh, uh, press is press, isn't it, man? If people, if that's what they want to do. I mean, I wouldn't personally spend my time. Oh, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, do you think there's anyone out there that just hates you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. After what I've done, yeah. You're uh, talking about the old uh, the old baby mama? Uh, but yeah, I think, you know, I think we sort of touched... Uh, I, no, you touched on it on your podcast with Tanya. I think, like, the age that I am now, I sort of have regrets about how I've treated people in the past because yeah. of... Are, are we just talking about the one person I'm thinking of or no? No, 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 other people. That I won't name oh, yeah. for uh, for various reasons. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's there's a couple of because um... they're on the run because <laughs> they're fucking dead, mate. I murdered them. And this is this is my confession. <laughs> you don't want the police to remember that they're not there anymore. <laughs> they can't they can't chase me if they don't know the victims. Uh, but yeah, there's True. definitely like a couple of people that I should, like, especially I don't know, like over the last few months, I've been like, fuck, man, I, I sort of wish I hadn't. Not I, like I don't want that to sound like oh I wish I was still with them or yeah 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 like but done things differently. Here's what I would say to you, man, and it's not it's not a excuse for everyone to act however they want. And I would still say that we you know everyone sort of you know you can expect a certain level of personal responsibility from everyone. But I would say you know George. Um, you know, Noah, Logan, any of your kids come to you um, when they're a bit older and, you know, adolescents and they've they treat, treated someone badly and, and they're all upset over it and they say, oh, I've done this. And you would look at them as the kid that they are that's just sort of filled with um, the experiences and, you know, they've been shaped by their environment. But, I mean, more importantly, they're absolute slaves to their hormones um, as, you know, you and I both know from being teenagers ourselves. And I think you would talk them into forgiving themselves, wouldn't you? You wouldn't be like, yeah, you piece of shit. Yeah, I, I, I mean, mine was slightly older than teenager, so going into my 20s. But uh, yeah, yeah, I still think it's that sort of... Still, ex- whatever age. If yeah, it's it, that imagine the empathy you'd have for your son or yeah. half-son or whatever you want. Half-son. <laughs> <laughs> It's just the legs. They take yeah, no responsibility the, from the waist. Just the outside, just the outer half of just the sun. One leg, one arm, and an ear. That's all that I just can a, claim responsibility. Just the back half. <laughs> That's the worst half. Yeah, that would be really awful. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. Um, but yeah, just, yeah, I, to answer your question, I reckon those people have a right to hate me and I don't blame them if they do. Sure, yeah. Yeah, um, they're entitled to feel like that. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what about you, man? Do you think there's people that hate you? Oh, yeah, I reckon. I could think of someone that definitely hates you. But do you think there's people that hate you? Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know who... <laughs> and, again, sometimes you speak in code and I'm like, who is that? And then after the show, you'll go, it was this person. I go, oh, I would have had no idea. Oh, I think you could probably who, fucking who, guess who I'm talking about. Who are you talking about? I'll tell you after the podcast. Uh, if if it's who I think you're talking about, I don't know if I think hate is a difficult term. Do you, that you know, hate's very close to love, isn't it? <laughs> I think that's true in this case. 
terrible. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, a couple people. Sure. Like I, I don't know. I don't. I can't think of like any blokes that would hate me. Like, do you only like dudes that you think would hate you? No, because dudes don't really. It's a very sort of, it's not a very typically masculine sort of quality, is it? Holding hate no. in your heart for someone. Uh, no. Uh, no, like, yeah, I guess you're right, though. Like, I, I guess, like, generally speaking for guys, I don't know if guys would hate someone, I reckon. Like, even if you didn't like someone and you saw them on a night out, you'd still probably be cordial and be like, you're right, mate, how's it going? Yeah, yeah. Because if it's hate, then you're not even able to be civil with them. And I've, I can definitely be like, oh, I hope I never see that person ever again for the rest of my life. But if they were there, I'd be like, how you doing, pal? <laughs> what have you been up to? Much like this podcast, you're just very civil on here. And... Oh, no. <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> that hurt you? Why? <laughs> No, what was it meant to be? You like were talking you, about yourself. You hate me, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying you hate me. No, 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 no. Okay. no. Not after all we've been through, my friend. Have we been through some stuff? We've been through almost 15 years of uh, exploitation. Not really any any trials and tribulations to speak of, though, is there? No, no, no. I just meant, like, uh, you know, we've just been through a lot together, haven't we, man? Like. I feel, I feel like that's like, you know, when people clap for old couples, like, oh, they've been married for 45 years. Oh, amazing. And it's like, it's a very sort of passive achievement. Like, you just didn't opt out at any time. You know, you didn't... <laughs> didn't tap out. Yeah, I don't know if that's like... Yeah, so you're, we can learn from this couple that stayed together. No, they just they just happen to still be together. Yeah, I guess there's, there's two ways of looking at it. Either that they do really still love each other, and I think, yeah, you're right. You stood, you know, what's the secret and that sort of stuff. But I reckon there is still a large percentage of people that are married at 45, been together for 45 years, that yeah. are just there for the fucking sake of it rather than through. And I, I would say even those, and I do think the latter are more um, common than the former there, but I, I think even, even the ones that are sort of habitually, you know, just in there because of inertia, you can still learn things from them because there are still parts of your soul that you have to grow in order to just like, put up with you know, shit survive. Five years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that, that is still interesting to learn about. I mean, I'm probably more interested to speak to them than some lunatics who still love each other after like decades. <laughs> you don't, you don't think you and you don't think you and Teal be forty-five years happily married together? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, Shout you out to Tanya. Will, do you know what? Do you know what I noticed editing um, the recent pod where you came on mine? Yeah, and it and it threw me back to times when um we've been recording on yours or earlier episodes of you having been on mine where you'll always find a way to sort of bring up how in love with kim you are you are you just go on about it <laughs> i don't think that's true is it yeah i'll do a mega i'll do a mega cut you know like a compilation <laughs> super cut if you're going well just as someone who's dreadfully in love with my, with my one and only i've never once said that don't don't say, be yeah. don't be a bullshitter. Uh, but yeah. All right then. Uh, all right. Let, why don't you tell me what celebrity you would bang then? What do you mean? Uh, I can't pick one. Oh, it, sounded, it sounded so crude when I said it then. <laughs> yeah. 
You Come just... on, what 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 woman's hole would you shove your dick in? You have to you have to debase yourself, don't you? You have to bring it down to the smut. Well, that that was sort of the point. I was I thought if I ask it, because if I'd have said, "Is there a celebrity you've got a little crush on you'd like to make sweet, passionate love to?" That sort of defeats the purpose of what I was trying to get you to say something that if you were you know you would be uncomfortable saying uh, uncomfortable for Kim to hear. Um. I I mean I've told Kim I have a weird thing with sort of Latina chicks. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Some of that Latori Gonzalez. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who she is. I don't know. <laughs> it's Mike Perry's baby mama. Oh, I don't know what she looks like. Um, she looks like an eleven-year-old Mexican boy. Uh, well, definitely not. Then she looks uh, like Manny from from Modern Family. Well, definitely not. No, uh, I I mean like an actual like full grown Latino woman. Are that's we talking about Eva Longoria? Yeah, yeah, that sort of line. Yeah, J Lo, um, uh, the 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 chick out of Modern Family. Yeah, Manic- Sofia Vergara. Yeah, Sofia Vergara. That sort of line. Yeah. Picked uh, a couple of oldies in there. Yeah, they all happen to be older ladies as well. I don't know why. Maybe just because they've aged so well. Yeah. But yeah, that's the sort of in in joke at the minute with me and Kim that uh, I've got a weird thing for sort of Latina ladies. Shall we? What? Are we going to role play one of these little (laughs) jokes? Hey, Papi. No, I don't want you to pretend to be Latina so I can get my rocks off. I have a thing with um, Tanya where I will pretend that I have girlfriends on the side, you know, like, so it, she, I'll be like, oh, would you want to do this? And she's like, no. And I'm just like, well, Katrina would do it. You know what I mean? Um, oh, there's the, Vanessa as well. Vanessa. 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 Yeah, I tried to pick Vanessa. sexy names. Katrina's not a very sexy name. It's the name of a fucking hurricane, yeah. man. That's true. Yeah. So it, Vanessa's sort of in the, the, we've not really like laid out what either of them would look like or be like or anything, but I, I get the impression from the jokes I make that Vanessa's like the, the key side piece and Katrina's like the, you know, last resort booty call. Right. So I, I'm guessing in my head, I've gone straight. Vanessa's Latina. That shows you where I'm at at the minute for Latina women. Um, I never really imagined ethnicities for them i feel like vanessa would have a lot of like she'd have frizzy hair so she she could very easily be a a person of color (laughs) yeah um so so yeah if if a latina chick tries it on you'll find it more difficult than if she were well no i'm a a cracker <laughs> if she were a honky, then we'd be having a different. Uh, if she were a gringo, <laughs> if she were a gringo, a papi. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. Um, hey, papi. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There's uh, Blanca off The Sopranos as well in series six. She's quite hot. Don't know any of them. No, she's obviously Latino as well. Um, yeah, like I said, I've... I've uh, oh, is she like the Guma? No, she's... Um, no. That's the only Soprano-style word that I know. Uh, it's a good one. Tony's got... Uh, Tony does have uh, three significant ones in the series. One nice. is Russian. Cool. Uh, and obviously depicted as crazy because she's Russian. 
Nice. All of them are depicted as crazy, actually, which it doesn't. Well, you've got to be a nutcase. <laughs> actually, you know I mean, getting involved with a mob boss. Yeah. Who's married? Irina, yeah. So she's in the first couple of series, and then there's a car saleswoman, uh, Gloria. She's a, she sells Mercedes Benz. Uh, they have a sex in the New York Zoo. Um, and she uh, she is depicted as crazy as well. She meets him at therapy and eventually kills herself. Uh, nice. And then he does meet a, Cu- a Cuban uh, side piece called Valentina, I think. Uh, and she, and she uh, ends up burning her head. What? Yeah, she ends up setting fire to herself accidentally while making him scrambled eggs. Oh, okay. And then he does some sort of like and then he dumps hot-blooded her. Cuban self-immolation. <laughs> no, no. She's making him scrambled eggs. She sets fire and then he dumps her almost immediately. It's cold. Uh, Sopranos. Yeah, she's yeah, she is hot. Yeah, I've nearly finished that. Uh, yeah, uh, like I said, I rewatched Interstellar. Uh, yeah. The first time I've watched it since we went watching it in the cinema. No way. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. I think partly because of the length is what's put me off. Every film that we've watched in the cinema, I've seen again since then five or six times. Uh, Yeah, I don't don't know if I've double dipped, you know. uh, Like ever in any film. I've obviously watched Gone Girl because Kim said it was shit. Uh, which was a slight. Wait, wait. We're just talking about films that we went to watch again, or films in general. No, like films that we've seen in the cinema. Okay. Uh, that we've been watching together. I don't think I've double dipped on many of them. How do you know? How do you remember which films you saw with me in the cinema? I've got because uh, those those are memorable times to me, mate. <laughs> I mean, for you it might just be you know some old fucking day but for me it's a memorable time and i've got a good memory yeah, yeah uh, I don't, other than i Gong, think if you said i think if you said we weren't watching this there's a couple ones where i definitely remember it like what which ones do you definitely remember like interstellar i seem to remember we were in like a group it wasn't just you and me was it no, no it was just you and me no. Yeah. No, because I think we went watching it at the Trafford Centre on my birthday, and because I remember Zach sort of sitting there with a face on all the way through the film, and he didn't like it, and he sort of complained about it afterwards. I, I, I'm fairly certain we went just me and you for that. Okay. Uh, one that we did watch, I think, with Tanya was the one that Leo won his Oscar for. Revenant. Yeah. Which yes. I haven't I haven't since rewatched. Um, Do you know what I rewatched the other day? Go for it. Jurassic Park. The first one. The very first. I've not seen that film in a number of years. It's good. Um I seem to remember it sort of being a bit like scarier than it, it's advertised as. Yeah, it's not, it's not really like a thriller action-y sort of thing as much as it is sort of, almost like a monster movie in parts. Yeah, yeah. Definitely a lot of it like, you know, sort of 
the Jurassic Worlds or whatever the new ones are called with Chris Pratt are, are about spectacle and like loads of dinosaurs fighting and stuff where there's loads of tension and like that you know there's a dinosaur nearby or present and then and there's little builds and even the bit where there's the kids climbing down the electric fence and that you know like it just does this little build of tension before he comes flying off the fence and yeah and and also they take a long time at the beginning to just set up all the yeah yeah the science of it and the premise and stuff it doesn't get straight to business and i like that uh yeah yeah, it's a weird. It's a weird sort of Steven Spielberg film that, as it's sort of marketed as a bit like a an adventure film, isn't it? But it's adventurous. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. But like, also in the same respect, like at, at times it is. It, it does border on that you said a monster movie a bit. Imagine back in the day. When did it come out? Ninety three, ninety four, ninety three. Imagine you've never seen. I mean, it pioneered a lot of CGI techniques. I'm sure, yeah. like fucking unreal. Like it still looks great. So that's I cannot mad. imagine seeing that at the time. It was. Yeah, um, it looks great, man. It was the highest grossing film ever at one point. No way. Yeah, yeah. It came Until, out before Titanic. Yeah, Titanic was '97, and before then, it was the highest grossing film of all time. That must be the first film to pass a billion at the box office then. Maybe so, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. It's got all the heavy hitters in there. Samuel L. Jackson's in there. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Um Laura Dern as well. And Laura Dern. Samuel. Do you know who Laura Dern yes. reminds me of a little bit. Go for it. She reminds me of the person that hates me. <laughs> Do you see it? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's a compliment. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Nice young Laura Dern. Uh, obviously, yeah. That's, yeah. She does a bit. Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, yeah, I think what put me off Interstellar was the length of the film because it's almost three hours long. But I tell you what, man. McConaughey in that film is... oh. Moy in all films. Moy Caliente. Yeah, I think that in in Interstellar, it's just like a bit of a, um, I don't know, man. It's a bit of a like it's so it's such a subtle performance. Yeah, I mean, uh, people say he always plays the same character, and like you know, within you know, there's obviously people can't just play something that's not at all like them. So, mm. um, I think, yeah, there's definitely a new flavor, a new area of you know people are very very complicated so i think just moving it off a little bit completely changes what someone's like and i do think you get a different flavor of him in each film but yeah he crushes it in that you must connect with it as well you've got the daughter yeah. imagine your daughter getting older than you yeah it was a it was a tear tears in the eye sort of film Dude, uh, when, uh, when he when he's watching the video and he's crying yeah that is powerful the the first bit the first bit that sort of made me well up is when he tells her that he's going and he's like yeah. sort of wrestling with her on the bed. Yeah. Like and just, you can see oh. there's like a defeat in his eyes where he's yeah. like, he's, he, he's just like, that. He, he says it, he's like, don't make me leave like this. And obviously yeah. that's for the plot and, and like, it, it makes sense at the end of the film, it gives something to come back to and where he can say, don't leave and stuff. But I don't know. It's just like, you can see, 
it feels it, it always feels very real what he's doing it never feels like considering the fact that he's a good looking dude and a movie star I would be really self-conscious of what I look like, and he doesn't appear to be at all self-conscious of no, and how he's coming across at all. Like, like it's an odd one because obviously Christopher Nolan has a typical cast of actors that he typically works with in a lot of the films, and yeah. this is the first time that he worked with McConaughey. Um, yeah, but you can sort of see why he picked McConaughey. Like, he just brings that every man sense to it well, that I don't know if like. Like, because he could have easily just gone, oh, Christian Bale. Fucking throw Christian Bale. He he has, in common with Christian Bale, he has this sort of, he is one of the actors that completely, you know, completely submerges himself in a character. You know, there are are equally good actors out there, you know, like a, a Ryan Gosling or whatever, but Gosling's not known for being the character. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think I was reading something and Christopher Nolan said he was like completely just sort of shocked because like he had this idea of what McConaughey would be on the set. And it's sort of what I think McConaughey would be, you know, just sort of like he's obviously from Texas. So, you know, quite loose and quite easygoing and that sort of stuff. Um, But when he got on set, he didn't realize how serious McConaughey takes the roles that he's in. And that completely took him by surprise. Which I, I must admit takes me by surprise a little bit, but I don't doubt it at all, man. Given his success, what, I guess it's not, one of man. two things is happening. Either he's the most consummate professional, or all these big directors are just letting McConaughey come on and just mess about on the set and just be Matthew McConaughey on set. Which it works, man. It, but that's what it looks like a little bit. It looks like he's sort of written all his own characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when did the McConaissance begin? That's a good question, because he was an Oscar winner before that, wasn't he? Yeah, I can't really remember what he was doing until, like, let me get know, his, mid- uh, late 2000. Let me get his no, uh, Let me get his filmography up. He did a load of chick flicks, didn't he? I don't know, yeah, I can't, I can't think of anything he did of no really until i think he did mud like about 10 years ago he did do you remember mud i tell you, i i tell you there's there's two films that came out in 2011 that i think for me changed it um obviously yeah. he was in tropic thunder and he was mint in tropic thunder oh he killed it in tropic thunder <laughs> yeah but then he was in the lincoln lawyer in 2011 i've not seen that one which is a great film and an even better film is killer joe no, I don't know it either. And if you've not seen Killer Joe, you should watch Killer Joe. It's you know, a, a see, film. I'm going to go and watch that, but I'm I'm sort of interested to watch the, the chick flicks and stuff now because I bet just knowing him now, knowing what he's like now, well, not knowing him, but you know, just seeing what he brings now, I bet he sort of lends a bit of credibility to chick flick roles that he did. Yeah, there's there's some good films. Sahara is a pretty good film from 2005. Fool's Gold, Fool's Gold as well. Um, the, the the films I'm thinking of are like, uh, let me think. Obviously, Interstellar. There's obviously How to Lose a, a Guy in Ten Days, which is his Wolf of Wall Street, Dallas Buyers Club. <clears throat> so, do you want me to go through it? So, if you take 2011, so the Lincoln Lawyer and Killer Joe, he was also in Bernie as well, but I've not seen that. What's that? Uh, no idea. It's a film with Jack Black in it and Shirley MacLaine. No idea. Okay. So he's in The Lincoln Lawyer, which is a great film. 
um, which is, I think is based on a book. Uh, and then he's in Killer Joe, uh, and Killer Joe is a, a, a real good film, man, where he plays this sort of hitman. Um, and that's really good. Then he's in Mud in 2012. Um, Such a good film. Which is a great film. Then he was in Magic Mike. 2012. Yeah, so I've not seen Magic Mike, but from what I hear, it's actually not a bad fit. It's not what you might imagine it is. Well, I think, like, I've not seen it, but I should because it's a Steven Soderbergh film, and I love Steven right. Soderbergh films. Um, and obviously, uh, they are also in a... Um, um, Steven Soderbergh and Channing Tatum teamed up a bit later on to do another film, didn't they? What was that film called? I don't know. The the high, the sort of heist film, and it's got Daniel Craig in it. Uh, oh, the the Lucky. Thing. Yeah, Logan Lucky. That's it. Look, yeah. Um, so he was in that, and then he's 2013 Dallas Buyers Club, which he won his Oscar for. So good in that. I watched that like yeah. within the past couple of months. What a top film. Uh, yeah. And then one of the greatest cameos you know, of all by the way, in Wolf of Wall You know Wolf. Uh, Dallas, Dallas Bias Club before we move on? Yeah. Jared Leto in that, oh. for me, looks like season nine Monica. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Where she goes through that weird before, phase. Uh, well, actually, like season eight, just before she started getting work done, she looks like Leto in Dallas Buyers Club. <laughs> yeah, she really does, yeah. <laughs> it's the curly hair. Um, um, yeah, then he does the yeah. great, one of the greatest cameos <laughs> of all time in Wolf of Wall Street. Right, so that's what I mean about, like, either he's, he's just running rampant on the set which, and the directors are just letting him do whatever he wants, or he's fucking mad professional. But and because it, could, it does seem as if he's writing all these roles himself. It could be the first one because that whole dun, dun, that's that wasn't in the script. Was it not? No, no, that's his vocal warm-up. That that's what he does as a vocal warm-up. So like Leo's face and stuff is all legit. <laughs> So him just like doing that wow. and like Leo, like you can see Leo look sort of offset, but because of the camera angle, it doesn't look like he's looking offset. But you can see him look offset as if to go, what, well, like, what the fuck is going on? Because he wasn't yeah. expecting him to do it. Yeah, that's his vocal warm up that he does. So and, he just makes him do it and that's all live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't oh, know if the bit where he gets him to join in. says he go, oh, actually, why don't you try that in the actual scene? Yeah, I think they would. I th- no, I just think the cameras happen to be rolling. And it just ended up being stuck in, which is mad. And and then that's a huge like that that comes back later in the film. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Leo's character loves it, doesn't he? Uh, then yeah. he's then it's Interstellar, which oh, it's such a fine piece of cinema. Yeah. Then the Sea of Trees. I don't think I've seen. Don't know what that is. No, uh, it's got a good cast though. Then Free State of Jones, uh, which is a historical Western war film. Don't know. Then he did a a couple of voiceovers for Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh, did you see Kubo and the Two Strings? Yeah, that is that's an amazing film. That's it's marketed as a child's film, but 
that is uh yeah it's, a, it's just an animated film so <clears throat> children enjoy it but it's got something for everyone in there man right and then he did sing when, when did he do when did he do true detective uh he did true detective 2014 so the same same time as interstellar which oh right. my god the first series of True Detective is one of my favourite TV series of all time. Yeah, I never watched it. You never what? I've never seen it. I'm sure we've talked about it. Yeah, I did. Did what I did with Sopranos, where I just watched loads of clips on YouTube. So I basically know everything that happens, but I don't really understand how it, how any of the characters <laughs> relate to each other no. or what the chronology <laughs> of it is. Um. So then I yeah I guess you're sort of looking at your. Reconnaissance as sort of 2011 to 2000, and uh, and then it was over. No, he's done some films since then, but nothing like that. Didn't he the, do The Dark Tower? Yeah, he did The Dark Tower, which was whack. He also did The Gentleman, Guy Ritchie's last film. Gentleman, I enjoyed a lot. Everyone shot on The Gentleman, but I uh, thought it was a return to uh, I thought that's like up there, the best film that he's done in years. I've um, not, I've not Richie, seen it. I mean, yeah, I've not seen it. It's like so I think some people's criticism of it is that it was sort of recycling some of the flavors from a, a snatch or whatever. But you know, he's, he he went off and did some other things, and then everyone was like, "Oh, this isn't what Guy Ritchie's <laughs> meant to be about. Stick to your strengths." So he sort of did like a modern. It was a modern incarnation of that same spirit, and I, I thought it was great. Uh, I will put it on my to-watch list then. I, yeah, I never got around to watching it. Did you see his Aladdin, Guy Ritchie? Yes. Yeah. What did you think? Uh, yeah, it was okay. Uh, it was, yeah. it, so, you sort of forget that it's a Guy Ritchie film. Yeah, there's not a lot of uh, Guy Ritchie in there. but um, I thought uh, I thought Will Smith did um, a good enough job of the genie. That's such a hard role to do, man. Yeah, good like, job that they're not trying to film it now, trying to get Will Smith to act like he's not clinically depressed. <laughs> Would you not be clinically depressed after what came out about his wife? That's what I'm saying. Oh, poor bastard, man. So they they got right they got in right before his life just <laughs> stopped being happy. <laughs> I guess that is sort of one like I can't. There must, there's obviously other roles, but like it's one of few roles where you just go, okay, that's Robin Williams, so you can't really do much else with it. Do you know what? Mentioning that, how do you feel about... So the other day I wanted to watch Mrs. Doubtfire, and I yeah. thought, oh, I'm, I, I, I can't because it's too sad film. now. Yeah. It, um, so do you, do you see what I'm saying there, where you'll ju- I'll just be looking at Mrs. Doubtfire and going, oh, but that guy wants to fucking kill himself. Or is it like... No, let's remember him at his best, doing his fucking thing that he was the best in the world at. Let's keep his memory alive in this way. Or is it a bit weird, like you're trying to enjoy a happy film, but you know that one of the people end up fucking hanging himself over? I don't know how he killed himself, actually. Um, I'll find out now. Um, I don't know. Like I, I cried when he died, um, or when yeah. I found out that he died, because... Uh, I, I love Robin Williams. You know, it's one of the funniest... Uh, men I've ever, uh, yeah just funniest men I've ever seen um, 
there's uh, have you ever seen the show whose line is it anyway yeah yeah there's some that he's been on obviously back in like the early noughties and he was just he's just a master at that improv stuff yeah that format suits him down to a t definitely um yeah that yeah he's just so good um yeah i think it's okay to yeah why i I don't know if I've seen any of the... I don't think I've watched anything since he's dead, though. Um, yeah, maybe I... Oh, I think I've seen Aladdin. Like, the animated one, obviously. Uh, since. I, I think a good well, one to watch is, is uh, Good Morning Vietnam. That'd be a good one to watch. Yeah, there's no nostalgia in that for me, though, because I've never seen it. Oh, have you not? You should definitely watch Good Morning Vietnam. It's a great film. Okay. Uh, I did sort of enjoy the uh, one of my favourite films that he did uh, was One Hour Photo. Oh, dude. He was so good in that. Like, not yeah, funny. What? He was a psychopath. Oh, so good. Yeah, I think that was the first time I'd seen that. Um, He's got chops. You know, that. Well, yeah, the subversion of that expectation from your, your clown, you know, your famous, talented clowns. Like Jim Carrey hadn't done any serious roles yet. Or, you know, but, Cranston ended up going from Harlan, Malcolm in the Middle, to Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. And, yeah. But what about, like, he'd have done um, uh, Goodwill Hunting before One Hour Photo, though. Oh, yeah. He was I think maybe I didn't watch Goodwill Hunting when I, I think it's not really, I, I wasn't into films um, in the same way. Like I wasn't into just watching like dramatic films when I was yeah, younger. Yeah. It had to be, you know, Matrix Reloaded or whatever. <laughs> it's like the worst one. It's the worst one oh, of I the love, three. No, I love, I love Matrix Reloaded, man. I like, I, I like watching just fucking sick action films and, you know, just with incredible stunt set pieces. And like I watched Mission Impossible Fallout a couple of nights ago. I, I just like mint. I will not have you put the Mission Impossible films in the same bracket as the Matrix sequels. The, um, Ma- the Matrix here's sequels. what I would say to you. <laughs> yeah. I would say the Matrix sequels, despite their weaknesses, are still the Matrix trilogy, an important franchise. I would say you've got Mission Impossible 1, and then you've got a lot of cash grabs. No. Yeah. Mission did, Impossible wait, 1. Did we go like watch the... Mission Impossible together? Yeah, I think we went watching the one with uh, sexy Superman in. Henry Cavill? Yeah, is that Fallout? Yeah, dude, the yeah. bathroom fight scene. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah, we, were, yeah, we, did, we did go watching that together. Because um, the, 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 is it the French chicken that, that's like super hot? I don't know, but yeah, no. I see. I get, I'm not saying that's an inferior film to the first one. I, I enjoyed it more, but um, I don't know. I, I think it's. it's I it's not. It, I think the Mission Impossible films have got better. Um, yeah, I mean that's not really. What, I wasn't saying that it'd gone downhill. I just feel like for what they are, it's like you you ha- in order to get what you need out of them. You have to think of them like Final Destination films or something where you sort of go, oh, yeah, this isn't even trying to be good. It's just trying to be what it is. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm. 
I don't know if I agree. I might have it wrong. Uh, to be fair, I'm not sure I remember all the Mission Impossible films, but when you were comparing them, saying that Mission Impossible franchise beats the Matrix sequels, then you, do, you, no, uh, do, you hit a nerve. No, no, it fucking does, man. The Matrix, I think, is arguably one of the most important cinematic films of all time. The sequels okay. are garbage, and they deserve no, to be in the bin. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. They, they do. I will give it. I'll grant you that they comparative to the first film are garbage. Comparative to most films. No, oh, no. <laughs> if you compare them to other films, then they're great. No, no, no. That is not true. Oh, we're Ma- not going to agree on this. The Matrix was almost the perfect film. Yes. Uh, so good, The Matrix. The fir- Incredible. It, Top 10 films all time. I, I, I have no arguments with you on that. It broke boundaries. It introduced um, a whole new sort of sub-genre of science fiction. Yeah, yeah. And the action sequences were straight out of um, sort of uh, the uh, East, uh, Far Eastern cinema. And again, yeah, sort that- of groundbreaking in Hollywood to see that sort of film incorporated on the big screen however the matrix reloaded and its sequel ruined it absolutely ruined everything they did not need to make them they serve no purpose other than to shit on the audience that's that's what you thought happened the wachowskis went ah do you know what we should shit on the audience yeah I think they did. I think they overthought it. They're, they're, this is what I think happened. Their reach exceeded their grasp and they wanted to make films as good as The Matrix again and they fell short. They shot for the moon and they landed amongst the stars. They didn't even, they didn't even, they didn't even leave Earth, my friend, if they were shooting for the moon. They just landed behind <laughs> they, the co-op. It, it, it fell flat on its ass. I would say, you know, you give me any good action flick, you know, Looper or something, and Matrix Reloaded is as good as it. Uh, yeah, it, seems, it seems I'll terrible. Give you, I'll give you because... Looper. Looper's terrible film as well. You're joking. Looper's great. No. What you said, like, because it's not got fucking James Gandolfini in it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Come yeah. on now, behave yourself. <laughs> Loopers missing. They're fucking time traveling. These more right, you get up. You go on. You've been on your computer. This whole thing. Let's have the top ten action films. Top ten, mine or what? Like Rotten Tomatoes. What Just, we having? Yeah, like uh, let's go IMDb. Because if it's action, we're not trying to. We're not trying to. You don't play for the critics. You play for these are carnal thrills, aren't they? Stunt set pieces and action. Okay. okay. I've got it here. Best action movies. IMDb. Yep. Uh, can I guess them? You can try. Some of them I wouldn't necessarily classify like, as action. So that's the. I'm, I'm just trying to think of like the fan favorites. Yeah, with like action as one of the sub genres. Is Die Hard on there? Uh, Die Hard doesn't make the top 10. No. Um, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Uh, is number one. Go. Piece of piss. Well, <laughs> why? 
It's obvious, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you've got number one. I, I don't know yeah. if you'd get the rest of the top ten, man. The um, Matrix doesn't yeah, even are make they it. Not, are they not action films? Is it like Avatar or something? <laughs> no. Uh, the Dark Knight comes in at number two. Yeah, yeah. The first Star it's Wars. Not, I wouldn't call that very action-y. Um, hmm. It's got moments of it, I guess, but yeah. I always feel like it's like an action film should probably be about an hour and a half and you you don't need to break a sweat watching it. You don't need to break a sweat? Yeah, as in like you don't really need to think about it too much. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Number three is the first Star Wars. Okay. Uh, number four is Gladiator. Yeah. Uh, number five is Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, Saving Private Ryan. Definitely agree with that one. Uh, number six is Batman Begins. Two in the top ten. Mad Max Fury Road, is that in there? Nope. Number seven is The Dark Knight Rises. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> number yeah, eight. This is, this is the fan favourites, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, number eight is the first Kill Bill. Um, okay. I, I, the last sort of 20 minutes of that is, I'd say, is a good action film. There's some good fights in there. I liked it. Uh, the, Dude, cr- crazy, crazy that Mad Max Fury Road isn't in there. Yeah, no. Number nine's Ong Back. I don't know if you've seen that. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it, man. I love it. Uh, number 10 is the second Kill Bill. Shall I tell you what's a wicked underrated action flick for like just literally the action in it, the fight scenes and just um, Logan. Uh, yeah. Oh, we, I think we went watching that together, man. I think that was another one we went watching together. A special memory that I'll always cherish. <laughs> um, uh, shall I tell you a, a good action film? Um, that it's not a good film, but it's a great action film. Equilibrium. What's what's that one? Oh, dude, Equilibrium's got some great fight scenes in it. Is it weird that Equilibrium is higher on this list than The Matrix? When it's a rip-off of when The it's Matrix. When di- it's <laughs> directly a rip-off of The Matrix, yeah. It's really fun. When you watch it... Oh, it's like, madness. You just go, oh, this is... This is The Matrix. Came out. That's what The Matrix did, man. The Matrix changed cinema and everything just did bullet time and everyone did fucking trench coats and shit. It just just altered the face of Hollywood for like 10 years after it came out. I always but just, the film I was... You're gone. No, you, man. No, no, I was just going to say, uh, like, I find it because like, Equilibrium is so much of a rip-off. It's like one of those... like. Um, sort of foreign films that has the same title, but like a word, like a letter's <laughs> different. Like you'd expect yeah. it to just be called The Matrix, but it's got three X's or something. Yeah, yeah. It's that much of a rip-off. It's a shame as well, because I, I do think it was only a superficial homage. Like, the, you know, in many respects, it's not at all like The Matrix. So if they'd have just done something a bit different with the, you know, the aesthetic, then... They wouldn't have drawn those comparisons, but maybe they were trying to. You it know, might maybe not even. When, when did that come out? Two thousand and two. When did the first Matrix came out in ninety nine? Ninety nine. Yeah, probably was. 
I was just so thinking because sometimes there is the guy basically of... walked out of the Matrix film and then went right. Let's get started on production <laughs> for. What's he done since? But the film I was going to say, which is um, a shit film, but an incredible action film. I can't remember the name of it, um, but it's Jason Statham, and he can't. He's not allowed to let his heart rate drop. Otherwise, is that, he not, dies. Trans- is that not Transporter? No, it's not Transporter. It's like a. It's called Crank. It is called Crank. Yeah, and in one scene, Transporter is great though. I like I like Transporter. In in one scene, he just shags a woman because he has to. Yeah. Doesn't he publicly shagger or something? Yeah, yeah, it's like in front of other people because, yeah, it's called Crank. The plot centers on a British hitman in Los Angeles named Chev Shelios, which isn't a British name, I might add. (laughs) (laughs) How many British people do you know called Chev? And he's poisoned and he must keep his adrenaline flowing constantly in order to keep himself alive. Didn't he shag Mega Hot as well? Was it Amy Smart? I think it was Amy Smart. Is that the chick from Butterfly Effect? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I fell in love with her when I saw Butterfly Effect. (laughs) Yeah, that that film, man. Talk about a film that changed how I thought about films. I love that film. Dude, so brutal. It was the first film I saw where I was like, oh, you can depict how bleak. Like In films, children are always like either just like, comedy relief or cute or fun, do you know what I mean like just happy and in this film it was like no no lots of people get fucking finger blasted when they're a kid and, and your mates kill themselves and stuff and I was like oh okay nice. <laughs> but it was it actually was sort of um, comforting to see like some of the darker um, realities that kids have to face I think I see. I think I watched the director's cut of that rather than the cinematic cut of that. What ending did you get? The one where he like—is it the one where he uh, kills himself in the womb? Yeah, that was the director cut. Which is that is a grim. <laughs> that's a fucking <laughs> grim ending to a film. Fantastic ending. <laughs> no, I feel like I've said every film that we've talked about is fantastic except the Mission Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, moving off that, uh, I messaged you the other day because uh, Brian Callan has now been publicly accused of being a... You want to explain who Brian Callan is for your uh, listeners? So for the listeners, a few weeks ago we discussed uh, Chris D'Elia, who was uh, accused, I think, of sexual impropriety with underages, um, which, having since had that public accusation has not addressed it at all from what I can see. He's well, his, his team released, like, his dossier, whatever, you know, released about three emails yeah, the, where they were like, no, think, this one, this one wasn't 17, she was 18. <laughs> Just, like, the worst. Yeah, we discussed that on another pod. It's like, dude, it's was. like if the judge was like, you stand accused of shooting the defendant, uh, shooting, you know... The, the, the victim, you know, the victim of the crime or whatever, you shot them 11 times in the back. And I'm like, no, I shot them 10 times in the back <laughs> and once in the leg. <laughs> yeah. I've not really defended myself other than, I promise she was 18. It's still sort of frowned upon. So um, there is a sort of a circle of friends of, of those comedians in America and Brian Callan is one of them. 
if people listening to this don't know who they are, who he is, they will 100% recognize his face. Um, he's been in, he's in the hangover. hangover films. Yeah, he plays Eddie. He's in, in Joker. Films. He was in the Joker. He was in, uh, I, I don't know if you've seen the comedy on E4, the Goldbergs, he's in that. Um, he was in Bring what what wait for the boom or whatever it's called with Kevin James. Yeah, so yeah, so um and here comes the boom. Here comes the boom. Um he's got his own podcast with Brendan Schaub called The Fighter and the Kid, which people may or may not have seen. Uh and there was a newspaper article uh published in the LA Times uh about um well, uh, for it, it was mainly one woman who wrote the article, um, who accused him of uh, straight up raping her. Um, it's a pretty brutal account of what happens. For for the record, I haven't read any of this. I have no idea what the allegations are. I'm learning it as you're describing it now. So uh, it's it's a very lengthy article. So basically, he goes into it. Uh, and he uh, he and her apparently had a very good friendship. And one night they went out drinking um, and he said, let's go watch a film. They went back to his place and um, he allegedly pushes her on the bed and just says, we just need to get this out of the way. We just need to get this out of the way. I'm your boyfriend. I'm your boyfriend. And um, he rapes her. Um, and then sort of like afterwards goes, well, now we've got that out of the way. We can sort of be together. I'm not a raper. I'm not a raper. Uh, and she tells other people uh, about it at the time, but never goes public with it in the fear of her career not taking off. Uh, and there's other accusations that he's traded stage time for blowjobs, which um, <laughs> we discussed the other week as well. Um, yeah. I- See, that's it's just my read on it up front. Um, obviously, you have to take all allegations like this mega serious. Um, so I'm not, you know, I, I think the healthiest thing to do is you believe what you're being what you're being told, not not to sort of um, assume, you know, that Callan's guilty, but you know, you, you give it enough respect that you go right. So let's examine the evidence let's examine you know like let's try and get to the bottom of it at least because you know for example um not to always bring it back to ufc on your podcast but a guy a guy fainted before the walkout did you hear about this no i've not seen any of the recent ufc stuff which is why we've not talked about it on the show oh well i mean well we'll talk about it another week but you do need to watch uh Bobby Green and uh, Lando Venata was an incredible fight. <laughs> okay. Um, but a, a guy faint, fainted in inverted commas before the walkout. And, you know, I would imagine everyone, all the crew, all the other fighters assume that he, he just sort of pussied out or, you know, he, he sort of made himself faint so he could get out of fighting or whatever. And, you know, why not? You know, it's not nice to have a fight. Get out of there. Fair enough. But, you know, and the, I heard the commentators saying something to the effect of, oh, we're all very worried about him and he's been rushed off to hospital and we just hope that he's safe and, and all this stuff. And I thought, oh, that would be mortified. Imagine hearing all that. You'd feel guiltier and guiltier hearing all that if you did fake it. Mm. But you have to do, because it it's, not, it's not bad if, if you did fake it, then you, you just say all that stuff and it's just embarrassing for him, whatever. But if he didn't fake it, 
you have to assume like the best you have to assume good intentions i think you have you have to by default assume that you've got sort of um um reliable characters you know reputable actors involved right so if you follow that logic through then i would say right so if if this woman is saying she's been raped then you you have to you have to treat that very seriously um but what um, what evidence are we talking about though yeah this is what i sort of wanted to discuss really because in like i mentioned christelia because he's gone silent which from a visual perspective makes him look guilty as fuck right like sure. he's not mentioned anything about but, it but you, you're saying callan posted something he has categorically denied it several times and yeah uh, on i find i mean i know this isn't enough it, this is evidence you know in in neither direction could you have evidence based on you know like what someone seems like but uh, do, do you agree with me? I'm just interested to know your view on this. Delia doing weird shit was in no way very shocking to me. He's no. a weird dude, very intense. Like He's got this cult of personality thing. He's just raging about things all the time, thinks he's always right. And I'm not saying I didn't like it. Like I like I think Delia's really funny. I used to watch all his podcasts and shit. But I just I wasn't like no way when I found out that he'd done some weird shit. The guy's always going on about how he doesn't drink or do drugs and stuff. I thought that's creepy as fuck that he's never drank or done drugs. Yeah. So Whereas with Callan, yeah. I, I would I would really struggle to believe that Callan would assault someone. I'm not saying he hasn't done anything wrong. I can sort of imagine a world where he's um, doing something sexual with a woman not thinking that it's completely legit or yeah. I, I could imagine him sort of tr trying to coerce her in a way um yeah, but yeah. in my view in a way that's that you know is not the same as i think there should be different well there is different words you know statutory rape and sexual misconduct sexual assault and stuff but i think rape's a really strong term and I, I, like for me personally I, I wouldn't believe that but i, yeah. I know that's not evidence but yeah, there's, so like you said with Chris D'Elia, um, like the fact that he doesn't drink or do drugs is immediately a question mark for me. Like, I would get... Yeah, some, what creepy cunt doesn't do drugs I, I, or drink? You know, Kim isn't a massive drinker, but she will drink and she has drunk. What The weird thing about Chris D'Elia is he's never, he says, he's never drank and he's never taken a drug. Now, I could get that I've never taken a drug stance, I can completely yeah. get it, but I, I don't, I, like, I find it hard to fathom that he's never taken a drink of alcohol at some point in his life. Now, that, if, he, if that is true, then like, I am, and, then, then I, and I know that's wrong, because, like, you know, it's his choice, whatever. There might be normal people out there that don't drink or do drugs. No. Uh, but, yeah, I just I find it, I, I, like I said, I could get it if he says I don't do it anymore. Like, I used to do it. It's not for me. Like, it freaks know. me out when people say that they've never had a cup of tea. I'm just like, what? Like, yeah. You grew up in England. Like, you, For me, if someone is... I, I, can, I can understand why someone may have tried drinking a bit or tried to... And then they just think, it's cool, think it sounds cooler to say that they never have. But if someone's genuinely being truthful and, and they've never tried these things that you would try when you were younger, I always think, well, you're, you're like a weird type of person then who's got this... I don't know. It, it always seems like some sort of serial killery god delusion, you know, like this uh, 
I don't know, this delusion of grandiosity or something. Do you know yeah, what I mean? like it makes you a better person because you don't do it type thing. And but, like I said, and that and that they've always thought that even when they were a kid, yeah. they thought that they were like above doing these things, and that and that's like creepy to me. And the the radio silence from him, rightly or wrongly, makes me think that he did do it. Now the thing about Callum, like I said, like there's a couple of stories in there about how a comic who was, you know, she was struggling. She just left, you know, she just got out of a relationship and she was a single mum and she was trying to get back into stand-up comedy and apparently said, you know, if you give me a blowjob, I'll give you some money to help you out type thing. I can 100%... What was she wearing? <laughs> no, <laughs> don't be ridiculous. Uh, I, could, I could believe that scenario. Yeah. The rape thing, man, I don't know. And I don't want to discredit the woman because, like you said, we should. Yeah, and take I, it on uh, yeah. To be and clear, I think I think we're on the same page, and neither of us are defending um, that 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 it's okay to sort of, um, you know, use positions of power or oh, whatever yeah. to manipulate yeah. someone into like sexual acts or whatever. But you ha- you cannot conflate that with a rape. I don't know. So, uh, some people would go, "That's rape." And I wouldn't say I'm not. It's a bad act. It's something else that's bad, but it's, it's not equally yeah, bad it, as rape. That's that to me sort of sexual misconduct, isn't it? Or you know, it's got that sort of broader term of abuse of power. But like the thing yeah, is, I mean, like, if someone did that, I wouldn't like them anymore. But I wouldn't be like this person needs to be behind bars immediately. Get them off the streets. Yeah, I think that's. The, I don't know, like because I think like if you just take. The difficulty with this situation is, let me be very clear here, I do not think that he's not done it and I don't think he has done it. I, you know, Based on what I've read, I have to take the, the woman at face value because, uh, you know... like Hashtag believe all women. There is women that. can all never of, lie. I'm not saying that they can never lie, but... I think I feel like as a as a culture we have swept a lot of stuff under the rug, and I think we we you know we probably we should take these accusations at face value and say, okay, you're accusing him of this. Um, you yeah. know, the burden is on you to sort of prove that he did do it, and if he did do it, then yeah. fine, that that's it. I think the problem with this sort of stuff is that that story of him raping the woman, which may or may not be true, also gets added in with the fact that, you know, he did ask, you know, he did say to that woman, oh, I, you know, give me a blowjob and I'll give you some money. So those... Well, he, he sort of gets, like, if you read any of these articles of Callan, it will say, Crystalia's friend, Brian Callan, at the top. Yeah, and I think like, the problem is, is that this other stuff that he's been accused of, when you put it all together, it doesn't make a great case for him. But actually, what we should do is take them all as separate scenarios and judge him based on those scenarios and also judge him on the fact that, you know, some of these accusations are from, like, 20 years ago. Like, yeah. like A, he was a different person then. And, yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, you know, that gives him the right to rape someone because, you know, 20 years ago he was a different person. But... I've we've discussed on this podcast. I have regrets from six or seven years ago, and yeah, so, you know, people. Like when can... you used to you used to do rapes, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Let me be clear to anyone listening: no. Although I did get accused of it once in high school. Oh shit! Did you? Do you not remember? 
I don't. I didn't know about yeah, this. Yeah, there was a, a a girl that we know that did accuse me of that. Said that you raped. Her. Uh, she, yeah, that I tried to. Yeah. What the hell? And I want to be very clear. I did not uh, do that at all. Um, I did not have sexual relations <laughs> with that. Woman. When I tell you the name of the girl after the podcast, you'll go, oh, okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. I don't remember this happening at all. Yeah, it was like 14. And you had to, did it go all the way through to like no, 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 official? No. I think she just told, um, uh, again, someone else that we knew. I never got accused. What a piece of shit. Yeah. What a I, piece of shit. I never got, you know, let me be clear that the police never came. I never got accused, you know. No, that who cares about that? That's only because she was probably a coward and she knew that it'd just fall flat. She probably thought the the best thing I can do to keep this afloat now is just like gossip about it, tell my mates, have people think, you know, sort of w- wonder about it. Because if the police come, then it, it'll all come out that I'm just a bullshitter. Yeah, and that, but it's also that sort of person. Name and shamer, Jamie. I'm not going to do it. I'll tell you after the podcast, though. Um, I'm going to say it on, next, on my podcast. Everyone come over to Pretendship. I'm going to find out this bitch's name. I'm going to mention it on every episode. Well, no, because also, like, she loved growing up as well now. Like, this is the point that I'm making. Like, we She's all not paid st- the price. <laughs> we all She's got st- away scot-free. We all do stupid shit. Now, I'm not, again, I'm not saying that Brian Callan, it's okay for him to have raped someone 20 years ago. But, you know, 20 years ago, he might have thought, oh, actually, I'll, you know, pay this woman some money and she gives me a blowjob. I might be helping her out. He might not have known the sort of consequences of his actions. Um, yeah. And I guess the broader piece is that one story by itself, like, you know, him raping the woman, you read that story, you go, okay, that's, you know, oh, maybe he has done that. But then you throw in these other allegations of him doing not rape, but other serious stuff. It sort of builds a picture. And that's the thing that I'm sort of like, that's the sort of thing that I'm like a bit sort of like upset about is that this story has been run very clearly because of the Crystalia thing. And it says it at the start of the article. Like, yeah. Um, and also like the, paper has actively gone out to people in the hopes that other people might have done it now you could look at that as okay well we'll try to get as many victims as possible but you could also look at it as we'll try and sling as much shit against the wall and hopefully enough will stick yeah um and the other thing that sort of and again i don't know whether we should use this as evidence or not is the fact that he's very publicly come out and said that he's not done it now if you very publicly come out and say you've not done it and there's evidence of you doing it, you look like a complete and utter prick, really, don't you? Like, if you've come out and said, ah, I've never did any of this, all these people are lying, and then it turns out that they weren't lying, like, you, that's more damaging, really, isn't it? Surely. Yeah. I feel, yeah. So, again, I'm not saying that that, that should be used as evidence to clear his name, but, yeah, it's just a... Yeah, so uh, I don't know, man. There's just this whole um, situation where I, I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't want to say like people are purposefully out to do people in at the minute, but there certainly is an element of quote unquote cancel culture, isn't there? Where yeah, and I, I think some people would defend it, saying, "Well, the pendulum needs to swing that way because you know women have been silenced for so long," and. Uh, like I, I want I nothing more I than, absolutely than, uh, agree. Yeah. I want all, what you agree that that is true 
no i agree that you know i agree that you know we should take um we should take these more seriously than as a culture we have been doing for the last sort of oh uh, yeah no i couldn't agree more i want uh uh, sisters and girlfriends and mums and all the women in our lives and the men in our lives if they've been sexually assaulted yeah. so I want everyone to like that's the perfect future and I don't think the only road to that perfect future where everyone can feel comfortable and free and confident to come forward with things that have happened to them and get justice for it I don't think the only road to get there is to overcorrect. I don't think we need to start throwing around allegations and witch hunting and ruining men's lives because you're not the only friend I've got who's been falsely accused of rape or had a girl who sort of regretted sleeping with them and then sort of pretended that or you know I've, I had a, a girl a guy that we both know that I'll tell you after the thing where a girl had a boyfriend went out on a night out got hammered shagged my mate and then because she didn't want to confess that she cheated on her boyfriend, she pretended that my mate had spiked her, oh, man. which is categorically false. And these types of allegations just like fly around and no one ever has to pay the price. And I'm not saying that we should like, you, everyone has to produce evidence. Otherwise you shouldn't even come up with it because that, that's awful, isn't it? You don't want to feel as if you can't tell your story because if it, if it turns out you can't prove it, then you go to jail. I'm not yeah, saying that. But. That's a tough one as well. Cause like, how do you, and also how do you prove it? Like, unless you go to the police afterwards and get an, an immediate sort of rape kit done where they, of course, yeah, the, the, maybe there isn't a way, but everyone just has to be more re for me publicly especially when it's people in the public eye but anyone there just has to be um, due process and there has to be uh, you know a, a, a feeling of just like sensible reasonable discussion around what is um, likely what what what's likely happened what's provably happened what's not a what you're not able to prove what you can't know what's anecdotal evidence just a more sensible discussion in general around the topic yeah and like i said like the the disheartening thing about the article and again this isn't to take away what brian callan's accused of but the article starts off discussing crystalia so yeah ultimately that sort of undoes the entire premise of the article because yeah, it's a logical in... fallacy because you're trying to relate something to something else and bring this emotional sort of connection. And also you sort of saying, okay, well, we're only going to talk about this because Chris has got in the news about it. Now, again, I'm not saying that, you know, if the, if the allegations are true, then absolutely we do need to have that discussion. But I don't think you should set your premise as, oh, when, you know, when Chris came out, I was searching for Brian Callan's name in the hope that something came out and then this came out. It's like, mm, you sort of undo the work of the victims as well. Because, you, yeah. again, you sort and of... How, ungra how ungrateful is it if Brian Callan lets you suck his cock? <laughs> to be fair, she said no. So she turned him down. Well, if Brian, if you're listening, I'll <laughs> suck you off and you don't even have to give me a spot. I don't think uh, I don't think Brian Callan's cock would be much to do, man. Uh, imagine his penis is a fucking disappointment. You don't think Brian Callan's cock's good? No, 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 no. I bet he's got a great dick on him. Do you think? I don't think so, man. Look at his bone structure and shit. He's athletic, yeah. sinewy guy. Skinny guys always have big cocks. No, I imagine it to be sort of thin and leathery. 
No, well, leathery, yeah, but <laughs> I think he's got, I think he's got girth. I don't know. I, I think know. he's virile. I think he gets it up like that. Bang! I think he's virile. He's fifty-three, man. Yeah, he's got to be on the TRT though. Do you think? I don't think he's on that yet. I think he is because um, you can tell he thinks of himself as like a, you know, a, a sexual um, being and a sort of athletic character. He's had cosmetic surgery, so you know he's not above sort of vanity. So I see what, think, what surgery has he had. He had some eyelid surgery recently. Oh, did he? I didn't know that. Maybe he was uh, preempting this Brian Callan uh, allegations, <laughs> and he thought he'll, he'll begin a slow transformation into another person. Do you want me to? Do you want me to Google Brian Callan dick and see if anything comes up? No, no, please. <laughs> I hate seeing cocks, man. Do you not? Every time I see someone's cock, you know, just like a friend whips it out on a night out, what? or you just happen to see a cock somewhere. No, e- no, for every no. cock that I see, my life gets worse. I've. I, I have never been on a night out where someone's got their cock out. No way. I've seen all my mates' cocks. You've not seen mine. I've never seen your cock, no. Uh, we, uh, we've, I've seen enough of Sutton's to last me a lifetime. Yeah, seen a lot of Sutton's cock. <laughs> um, how was his uh, stand-up night, by the way? Sorry, just to ask. It was good, man. You should come down to one. Yeah, you should. Um... What a grim way to end it. I don't want to end it. There. I feel like that's a... Yeah, talking about Sutton. <laughs> <laughs> also uh, revealed the allegations of, you know, my misdeeds of the past where I was accused of uh, rape. And... Yeah, I forgot all about that. I still can't really remember it. <laughs> uh, well, that's, that's why I drugged you, man. Yeah, I was wondering why you drugged me. Because I would have done it. I would have done it sober. All right. Fair enough. Um, It's been a pleasure. Uh, The episode of Potentiate that I'm on will come out this Sunday. Is that right? Episode 44. With me. If you you want to find it, the episode... Oh, wait. No, because people... I was going to say go and find it, but it's not going to be out. No, but it will be out on Sunday uh, as of the, the 9th, is that? Yeah, the 9th. It'll be so on... you are to wait with bated breath. You will find the answer to who won the bet. Uh, we do eat five guys live on the pod. Um, and we go down the would you rather rabbit hole. It was a good episode. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, uh, it, was, it was nice for me because... Um, you know, you've got a big family. I haven't got a big family. It's just me and Tanya in the house. So I don't really get oh. to see, um, you know, see people very often. So you were sort of like the third or fourth person of, oh, what am I saying? I've been out another time and seen everyone. Yeah. yeah you, you saw my <laughs> brother the other day. I did. Yeah. I saw him in the fucking kebab shop. Yeah. But in my house, it's different because I'm in a different mode. When I'm out of the house, I'm not in like home mode anymore. Right. Yeah. Do you have that? What, what, no, what do you mean? So, like, at home, I just want to sort of, like, curl up and put Weetabix in my mouth and just click click on a screen and just be like, you know. It's, it's a different mode. When I'm out of the house, I'm just, you know, you just turn all those little comfort-seeking behaviours off, right? Right, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, yeah it... so in my, in my intimate little nest... I don't see very many people, so it was nice to have you over in the flesh. Yeah, it was it was good. The five guys was good. You had a cheeky little bev. Uh, 
I feel like it'd be a good watch for everyone. It was uh, it was good. Uh, we'll do it again. Yeah, man, hundred percent soon, uh, hopefully. Yeah, and if people want to get in touch, so they can get a cheeky little shout out. Message me on all the platforms that you can get in touch with me on at Serious James on Twitter at Serious James on Instagram Serious James at gmx.com for the emails. Um, thanks for listening. Sorry that the see last... you on the flip side, suckers. You bitch.